Greetings. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 26 of the Legacy Drawing Board, the podcast journey and experience that wants you to build a stronger, more meaningful legacy by embracing good design principles. I'm your host, Ron Fong. For those of you who are relatively new to the podcast, when I refer to good design principles, I'm referring to the 10 that have been laid out by the influential German industrial designer Dieter Rams. The why of this program. You have a purpose in life. To power that purpose, hone your story, storytelling skills. When you share your story in your voice, you will connect with people and inspire them. Your experiences will point them in different directions. By doing this, your legacy impacts and imparts. Build your legacy to elevate others. That is the why of this program. Now we turn to our segment, Voices and Vignettes. In this segment, I ask people to share with us how they define legacy, how they are building their legacy, and what barriers do they think their generation is experiencing with regards to legacy building. Today, we have Philip Alvarado. Hello, my name is Philip Alvarado. My age is 45 years old, and I am part of the Gen X generation. I define legacy as showing up for others and being present and trying to leave something behind that betters humanity and the people that I interact with. I think of when I first got into healthcare, you know, you want to help others do these things. And I, what I've come to learn is that no matter what part you have in healthcare, uh, and part in any industry, but in healthcare especially, you might have a job that doesn't even impact a specific patient. You know, you might be an ancillary department or do billing, but all these things come together and you might make a difference in a patient's day or in your coworker's day that takes care of patients. And it just, it's all interconnected. So the more I thought about that for me, for legacy in terms of like my career, um, that's how I would define legacy. And I am building my legacy by uh, trying to build strong teams, improve uh, radiology and the hospital, the organization, trying to improve upon myself uh, in an MBA program currently. But I love to be the kind of leader that I always wanted um, and the kind of, you know, uncle, friend that I always wanted, that kind of thing. My nieces and nephews are super important to me. I think of legacy in terms of like what we leave them. And I would say that the greatest need for my generation in legacy building is being aware that you are leaving one, whether you're aware of it or not. And to do that, um, you know, you want to leave something worthwhile behind. And I don't think for my generation anyway, we're, we were too aware that we're leaving one and to be cognizant of it and kind of intentional. Philip talked about interconnectedness. When we go about our day, we're not quite sure how we impact people. And we might begin to think we don't make a difference in people's lives. Your legacy may not have an immediate visible impact. Maybe you'll never know what the ripple effect is or how you touch people down the road. But make, make no mistake about it. Your 
thoughts, your words, and your deeds do impact people. And Philip talks about that. He talks about the idea of the healthcare uh, in terms of teamwork and how everyone who is part of a patient's care, even though they don't see them, it could be the person in registration, person in environmental services, all these things are contribute to that patient's well-being. And they do make an impact on that patient, even though the patient may not be aware of it. Nonetheless, their work is vital and it's important. The same thing with your legacy. It is vital and is important. And that's why you need to be aware of what you're doing. I think back to my uh, Little League coaching days. At that time, I was not thinking about legacy building. I was thinking about living life, just doing things, getting through the day. I didn't want to teach life lessons to the boys on the diamond and teach them about fairness, about uh, self-improvement, teach them about uh, competition, all those things. And I did also want to teach them a love of baseball so that they would come back the following season and play. It is music to my ears when decades, now decades later, I hear a grown man's voice say, coach, coach with familiarity and maybe it's just my estimation, a degree of affection. And I turn around and invariably, I will not recognize this individual. They'll say, coach, I'm so-and-so. And say, so, oh my goodness. And I, I remember last time I seen that individual was a, a boy and now he has grown into a man. And he says, coach, I remember when you said X, Y, and Z. And it is, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that this individual is going to take even the time to acknowledge me. Nonetheless, for them to share that they, they remembered something and they kept it with them. And I think that's the, 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 the feeling that we get, the joy of why we go into uh, coaching or teaching, is that years down the road, it'll come back. And even though you may not know it, if you do your best, if you do what's right, if you're thinking about legacy by saying, okay, how am I going to impact and uh, impact this individual in a positive way, then things will work out that way. Always wonderful, uh, loves talking up, catching up to him. And I said, okay, all that time, all that effort, it was definitely worth it. And to get reinforced, it, 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 it's a blessing. And that is what your legacy is. You can make a difference in people's lives. Be aware, be intentional. And do your and, and and by having that focus, you will make a difference. No two ways about it. For today's topic, imagine sharing your legacy as a slide presentation. I draw heavily from the uh, from the book uh, Storytelling with Data by Cole uh, Newsbomber uh, Naflix. A fantastic book for anyone who has to present with slides, whether it's for your work or for a civic group, volunteer group, whatever. Highly recommend this book. And if you don't have some type of formal training or someone has gone through you how to present, it's, it's incumbent because you'll be doing yourself and your audience a service and a favor by going through this book. A presentation. And we, we're going, we, we all are familiar with presentations now. Obviously very popular in the workplace and it seems as if you can't, be in a Zoom meeting without a presentation, without slides. I don't know if it's some type of federal mandate, but Zoom meeting, there's going to be slides. A presentation 
is a relationship between you and your audience. And with every, as with every um, relationship, there needs to be trust and there needs to be respect. You're asking people to give of their time during your presentation. Treat them, treat it as such that it's, that's a gift and be very, you know, be a good steward of that gift. Take the time and effort to build a story that connects and inspire. Notice it's not about getting the data out. It's not getting about getting the charts out, getting the numbers. It's about a story. Be a good storyteller. Example or parallel I'll draw is imagine inviting someone over for dinner. What you do to, for the meal is that you're going to take everything in your cupboard, take everything in your refrigerator, empty it in some giant bowl, and just give it to the individual. That's the equivalent of when you say, I'm sorry for this slide that it's so busy. No, no, no. Stop right there. You are showing disrespect to your audience when you do that because you're making them work. You're not taking the time from that busy slide. There's, you're not going to go through every single number on that slide. There's, there's a trend. There's a projection, a forecast, whatnot. There's something germane there. And when you do not take the time and effort to isolate and focus on that for your audience, you are wasting their time. Be respectful of their time. Do your job. The same thing with your legacy is when you people talk with you, when people give you their time, what are you putting your best foot forward? And I know we can't do it all the time, but nonetheless is that do you respect and are you building trust with your words and your actions? Extremely important. When we go through a slide presentation, people love running through numbers and they think that the numbers will just not magically tell a story. And when you think about it, if that's the case, why even go through your presentation? Just give us the slides and we will get it. Numbers and data will help you tell a story, but they cannot tell the story for you. And they shouldn't and they never will. So what does this mean? It means that, again, going back to thinking about this as a relationship, even though it's for maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, or maybe it's going to be a, especially for ones in which you have recurring meetings, it's going to be an ongoing event. It's very important for you to treat your presentations as a relationships, as a relationships. Data makes no difference by itself. Again, throw up the pie chart, bar graph, whatnot, and we just magically expect our audience to do the work and know what we're thinking. That's, that's laziness. Move from data information. Now, information lets people see a difference. I'll draw another parallel. Imagine you get a uh, your CV or your resume. Data just lists your job history, your education, whatnot. But the information goes further. It lets people know what your specific activities or skills are and what difference it made in the, in the company or your activities. Go for information to knowledge. Knowledge makes a difference in how people think. The slides and the resume, these are two-dimensional representations. It is your duty to add that third dimension. That way you can get people to start thinking differently because if they've known, if they come away from your presentation or reading your resume, whatnot, and, they, and there's no difference in how they think about you or the subject, then you, it was a waste of time. 
Now you're going from knowledge to wisdom. Here's the big jump. Wisdom makes a difference in people's lives. I talked about this in uh, two, two episodes ago, uh, episode 24, to talk about culture. When we interact with people, and even in the business world, culture is extremely important because we need to do the right thing. We need to not have an Enron. We need not have scandal. We have a trust with people, and we cannot violate that trust. Once you start thinking about wisdom, you're thinking long-term, you're thinking about the greater good, and you're thinking about what is really important. You're not going to cut corners. If a person can come away from your presentation and they are now in, they have wisdom, it's going to impact of how they, not only what they do, but how they do it, then you have made a difference. And that is an outstanding legacy. When you encourage, promote people to do the right thing, an outstanding legacy. Talk about visual hierarchy in terms of your presentations, your slide presentation. Hierarchy lets people know what is important. And you can do this with font size, color, um, alignment. The thing is, is that, and I talked about visual hierarchy in episode 10. The reason why you want to put effort into a visual hierarchy is that it gives order. It lets people have a roadmap. It knows, it lets, get, lets people know that, hey, this is a really important right here, or this is more important than that. So given a, a choice, given limited resources, then I need to do A over B because you've made it abundantly clear that A is more important than B. Within the order for your legacy is do people know what's important to you? Do people know what your values are? Do people know what lines you will not cross? Hierarchy gives order and that gives clarity. Reduces the likelihood of miscommunications. Reduces ambiguity. It gives people clarity. And once people have clarity, they make better decisions. A One specific aspect of visual hierarchy is color. For most presentations, you probably need three or four colors. And oftentimes people will have this entire just spectrum of colors. And it's similar to alarm and alert fatigue. When everything's important and nothing becomes important. Use color with a clear focus. That again, it's the hierarchy that this is important. And you could use different shades of, let's say a blue or red to let you know that things are still related. You use two divergent colors and people say, are these even close or what's the connection between those two points? And you're making them again work. Do not make your audience work. Give them the opportunity to absorb, to process, and to really, again, go in a different direction that they would not have gone to had they not sat through or, or you know been part of the audience for your presentation. Uh, in, in her book, uh, Ms. Naflick uh, quotes, um, and forgive my one, I think I have one quarter of junior high French. Uh, this is from the Airman's Odyssey. Antoine de Jean Juperi, quote, 
You know you have achieved perfection, not when you have nothing more to add, but when you have nothing to take away, end quote. That is the essence of design, that you have streamlined things to such a degree that there's, there's nothing else, there's no distractions, because anything else that's left over becomes a distraction, and a distraction, again, makes a person work harder. I want to read from Dieter Ram's uh, principle number 10 of good design. Quote, less but better because it concentrates on the essential aspects and the products are not burdened with non-essentials. Back to purity, back to simplicity. And his principle was that good design is as little design as possible. Think about this in terms of your next time you do a presentation. Not what can I keep adding like trinkets or, you know, bells and whistles. But what can I take away? What is really essential? And there's going to be an aesthetics to that when you have something so clean, something so pristine, something so pure, that when a person sees this, I get this, it's streamlined, it is, you know, you don't have to say anything. And I'm not distracted when you talk with the slide. It's, it's absolutely aligned. And there's not this redundancy. You're not reading off a slide. You take away everything that doesn't need to be there. And that takes confidence that you know what you want to say. Again, give next presentation. Really, again, I highly recommend this book, uh, Storytelling with Data. And notice that the title, the focus is on storytelling with data. It's not data will drive your, your, your storytelling. Become a better storyteller and you will connect with people better and you will inspire them. Well, thank you very much for your time. I hope this was helpful in terms of A, your um, your work life, or again, if you work, in, uh, and that includes obviously your eight to five or whatever the hours are now job, but also if you work for volunteer groups in which you have to present. I hope that you will uh, look at books, read more about design, and think more about your presentations as storytelling. I hope you will see a parallel process in your legacy because you are presenting. Every day you're out there presenting, but do you know what you're presenting? And is what you're presenting what you want to say? And have you given it the effort? Have you put in the sweat equity so that you have a polished product in order that people can take it in without straining, without getting confused? Again, your presentation and your, re your legacy, these are relationships. Treat them as such, and you will build better ones. I welcome, I almost borderline beg, comments uh, regarding the content, or if you have a, a, uh, an idea for, for uh, an episode, by all means, contact me. Or if you want to be a guest, and I think I had my first guest uh, last episode with Oma Rastami, if you say, hey, I got something to say, I have purpose and I'm a storyteller and I want to share this, by all means, contact me. My email address is rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. If this appeals to you, if this is starting to get you thinking and moving you in a different direction or it's even stirring up something, great, because I love when people start thinking about their legacies and thinking about how I'm going to build a better one. If you're interested in exploring how to 
you know, uh, augment your legacy building by design through going through principles designs, I invite you to visit my website. That's truenorthshepherding.com and sign up for a complimentary session, which we can get, uh, connect and we can go through the basics of design and how that can uh, impart, in, in oh, I'm sorry, that, how that can improve your legacy building. So my next episode, I will talk about your legacy with respect to its mission, its vision, and its purpose. Until then, please give your legacy the time and attention it deserves, because when, when you do, we all benefit. Mm -hmm.